Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and if my voice sounds different this week, it's because I'm not wearing a shirt right now. It's very hot in the room that I record this in. I'm back in America, and it's super hot here, and so I'm not wearing a shirt. That's climate change for you. I'm Luke. Uh, I am wearing a shirt, <laughs> and I was wearing a shirt even when it was very hot here because I have dignity. I I warned Luke right before the show. I was like, hey, just heads up. I'm not wearing a shirt right now, but I am positioned in such a way so that Luke does not have to look at my nipples <laughs> while we record. I'm bending I mean, down so he can't see my shame. The, the the listeners can judge this themselves, but I do feel like your voice has, has gained like a semitone lower. Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. First, let's go to the show. <laughs> Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I've actually uh, I've been <laughs> I've been doing a side gig uh, with audio for a, a, an app called Curio. You can check that out, Curio.io, and I do like a weekly news show where I like read stuff about the news. And so I've been practicing my announcer voice, and I've been trying to get it nice and smooth for people. And so uh, yeah, if I sound better now, it's because of practice. Basically, you have a phone voice now. You're like you're like a middle you're a middle aged woman from the eighties. I'm not talking out of my nose all the time like I'm the lead singer of the band New Fan Glory. Instead, or from Boston. <laughs> instead, I'm talking in a in a respectable adult voice. I'm, ju I'm just I'm just glad someone's paying you to get the Boston out of your accent. Welcome to the show. This week we're going to be talking about a couple things that I think all intersect. So it's going to be one of those episodes where we do like a big topic and we sort of circle around it for a while and fight amongst each other. It's going to be about the metaverse. It's going to be about alternate reality games it's going to be about augmented reality and it's going to be about a fandom of minecraft youtuber fans called the penis smp but before we get into that whole thing luke how is the internet this week um energetic i think like there's yeah. been a lot more energy going into things than i thought there would be yeah, I would say peppy. I would say it has yeah. a little pep in its step this week. A little bit spicy. Um, that said, I mean, at least on my end, I've been struggling for viral content in a way that I think is probably to do with the fact that people are, uh, like, outside. Um, but I, I do think there's less going on this week than normal weeks in my anecdotal experience. I mean, in the UK, there's a lot, actually a lot more going on in the normal weeks because, uh, well, we've got to talk about the alpaca. Okay. So, <laughs> this morning you said, I want to talk about the alpaca. I, that's, not what, that's not what I said. What did you say? I said, let's talk about the fucking alpaca. Okay. And you said that, and then I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Should I look that up? And then you said, no. Then I immediately went over to Twitter, and all the British people I follow were talking about an alpaca and Keir Starmer. But yes. I did not Google further. But I did see an out-of-context quote that says something like, they have to terminate the alpaca. Is Keir Starmer going to kill an alpaca? Kirstam has come out in favor of killing an alpaca named Geronimo. 
Okay, uh, let's start with explaining who Keir Starmer is for Americans, and then we'll work from there out. Keir Starmer is the leader of the opposition, so he is the uh, I, I don't know who the right person would be now. Probably, probably Mitch McConnell. But no, he replaced Jeremy Corbyn, right, as he the did. head of the Labour Party. Yeah, and then uh, he is now therefore the leader of the opposition. Personality-wise, is there like a Democrat that he would be like? Like, is he like Elizabeth Warren? No, I mean, well, policy-wise, like. You know, obviously, where our Democrats sit, he's probably on the left of the Democratic Party. He's probably not quite Bernie Sanders, but he's probably, yeah, Elizabeth Warren, quite technocratic, uh, like, look, a lot of, like, complicated systems to deal with things. Uh, they came up with a, a really, they've come up with some really bizarre things to kind of make the system work where they're like, hey, what everyone gets is they, oh, God, what was this? Hang on, sorry, I'm going to have to remember this fucking thing or it's going to annoy me. People don't seem to like him. Leftists on Twitter don't seem to like him. Well, because you replaced Jeremy Corbyn. He's not as left as Jeremy Corbyn, therefore everyone hates him. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, they came up with a... Basically, they came up with a bunch of things. I can't remember the exact one that I'm thinking of, but uh, things like we're going... It, it all has the energy of the uh, Kamala Harris commitment to give people breaks on their business rates uh, if they start a business in a low-income community having gone to college for two years and also qualify for some specific social, uh, some welfare thing. And it's those things where it's like, sure, I mean, that's not a policy. That's that's just incredibly, that affects like three people. I see. He's got that I energy. See. Actually, you know what? His energy is actually surprisingly similar to Kamala Harris, just without the groundbreaking of her of her okay so it's like it's like and he's also a cop actually he okay was the, he was the director of public prosecutions like he was in charge of prosecuting people he prosecuted all the people of the london riots okay so it's like it's like liberal respectability politics with like uh like a progressive veneer yeah except not progressive because he's also a white man and he's a knight of the realm ah uh, okay so on to the alpaca why does he want to kill the alpaca well, who doesn't want to? Who doesn't want to kill an alpaca? Okay, so next, where where does this alpaca come from? How how did this happen? What is this alpaca? Okay. What is this? So, <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard to explain uh, without like getting into. Oh God, it's so stupid. So, the alpaca is an eight year old alpaca, and he lives uh, near Bristol in in Gloucestershire. Okay. Uh, he was originally from New Zealand. Like, he's an immigrant, which is part of the deal. Like, you know, we need to get rid of the immigrants, and, and he's one of them, so got to do what okay. you got to do. Um, but <laughs> he, he basically, as he was coming into the country, I, th I think it was actually as he was coming into the country, or certainly shortly after he arrived, uh, he tested positive for bovine TB. Uh, and then a few years later, he tested positive again. Uh, and if an animal gets two positive tests for bovine TB, uh, they have to be the farming word for it is destroyed uh and this happens like not a small amount of the time like he uh like the uk kills like 20 30,000 cattle a year for bovine tv because like it's a bad disease like i think at this point we all understand that diseases that spread between living things are bad like we've we figured this out i think yes i would agree that uh, people have a newfound understanding of contagious diseases. So why is it news that this sick alpaca is going to be destroyed? That's the big question. So How did it start? Where did the news story come from? How did this... Why do you know the name of this alpaca? Would you like to would you like to take an incredibly random guess at which element of the British media decided this should be a story? Uh... 
man, there's so many ways this could go. So, <laughs> okay, so is it okay? So it's either it's either gonna be a thing where because the alpaca is an immigrant, it's kicked off like an immigration <laughs> row. I should have said the immigration thing that wasn't part of it. Sorry. Or or it's come from the other way, and it's some kind of like farmers' rights Brexit thing where like. It's like a sovereignty thing that's like bubbled up out of like conservative tabloids. It is 100% from conservative tabloids. Basically, like, I don't know, five days ago, uh, maybe slightly more, uh, the sun put this alpaca on their front page. And ever since then, all anyone's been able to talk about is whether or not this alpaca should die. So where did the sun get the story about the alpaca? I don't know where the sun got the story from. They found... This is a, I mean, this is a, a, a well-trodden tradition in the UK. Like, we, we, we have a lot of, this happens a lot of summers. There's like a cow that needs to be killed, or there's a, a dog that's dying, or whatever it is. Like, it gets to August, everyone gets a bit overheated, everyone's a bit bored, and so as a result, we suddenly are talking about an alpaca an awful lot. Um, so yeah, okay. some put it on the, the, the front page, the, Minister of the Conservative Minister for Health, like rightly said, no, no, this exists for a reason. These, this is how we stop. Because also humans can get bovine TB, like they can, they can pick up the disease from it, like it's a thing. Um, and so as a result, everyone's like, okay, we need, we need to do this. Sorry. Uh, now what's happened since then, uh, is Keir Starmer's come out and said he also, the alpaca needs to die. Keir Starmer wants to murder the alpaca personally. He wants to take a bolt gun, put it through its head. Typical liberal. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Geronimo, Geronimo has had a camera fitted in his pen so that people can live stream his entire life now. Wow. This is, I guess like in America, we really don't have a tradition of like a large conservative newspaper picking a completely random thing and just making it their front page story. Like the closest we probably get are like local news stations owned by the same company that like bubble up a random local news story across the whole country. Yeah. But more than often now that just happens because of the internet, but we really don't have the, like this was something that we've just decided is important, which I feel like is the key difference between the UK and the U S like we don't have a bunch of rich people who are like, wouldn't it be funny to make everyone angry by putting this alpaca on the cover of a newspaper? Yeah. His owner has now promised to take a bullet for him to save oh, him. Okay. Uh, a, a group of people, supporters of the alpaca, have offered to put a human ring around him, so they're going to shield him from the 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 people coming to kill him. This is amazing. Uh, there's been a protest, uh, obviously, because it's the UK and we protest, but we we protest badly. Um, it's there's also become a conspiracy theory because obviously he failed these two tests and well failed he was positive in these two tests for right it. and there's now an awful lot of theories about how the tests weren't correct i don't know if this is this has come up anywhere else in the recent in the last year or so but yeah there's a lot of theories that, that the tests were, were fake and they weren't right and now you need to test him again and the government has to keep saying like no no this is the test it's a good test we've tested him t- twice it's i don't very trust specific. the tests i don't trust the tests i think i think the elites are making geronimo the alpaca sick to keep him in control. That's what I think is happening right now. That's a, maybe that is what's happening right now because you know the the alpaca's the alpaca's going to die and the elite seem to be okay with it. I think that's it's sick. It's sick what they're doing. 
Well, uh, what happens now? What happens now is we wait, we'll wait for the alpaca to die. Because they're Will it sweet. die? Yeah, almost definitely. Huh. <laughs> no, sorry, there's, there's not a lot more to it than that. Um, but yeah, uh, the alpaca will die, but everyone will be mad about it. <laughs> Hang on, let me... Let me let me send you a photo of this protest because it is it is. I would like to see it. I would like it is to see a, the. It is a perfect photo, um, of the. You know, it's exactly what you expect this protest to be. Okay, I'm download. I'm downloading this. Okay. Let's see here. Okay. Oh wow, <laughs> that is. Okay, I'm gonna just try my best here to describe the grimness of this photograph. So there's a couple signs. One says save Geronimo. Another one says justice for Geronimo. Another one says retest, not death. There's one that says... Are you reading the department one? Because this is my favorite sign about the whole... This is my favorite sign. There's one that reads department executing false results, alpacas. So that is a so that is an acrostic um, because the department that's responsible for the alpaca is DEFRA. Which is the Department for Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs. Okay. And they I took see. DEFRA and they've turned it into Department for Else Executing False Results, Alpacas. Alpacas. Yeah, I like that part. <laughs> department and Alpacas makes sense, but Executing False Results, Alpacas is not quite. There's, n- there's another one that says No disease, no evidence, no slaughter, save Geronimo. Geronimo did not fail a validated test. And there's only, there's about 20 people in this photo, yeah. at most. At most. Yes. Well, I'm glad that you guys are having fun. You know, it's summer. You might as well just get all up in arms about an alpaca. I think that's nice. Um, but it's sad it, that he has to die. It feels uh, like it he feels, has a it, name. I want the alpaca to die. I'm. You yeah. want the alpaca to die? Yeah. Because both on TV. Well, that's yeah. I'm pretty dumbfounded here. Um. So yeah. Uh. Any day now, the alpaca will die, and we will all be released from our living death. I feel like that's a really good metaphor for all trending content in a way. It's like eventually this will pass, and then we'll forget that we ever cared about it. It is. It's sad. It's sad that it involves the death of an animal, but equally, the animal needs to die. I understand. I understand. Yeah. All right. I have. I have. I have one more thing I wanted to mention, which is uh, only quickly because it just. It's one of those things that makes me mad every time I think about it, and therefore I need to talk about it here. Yeah. Sure. Go. Go off, King. It was a report that came from uh, the Information the other day uh, about Amazon. Uh, and the idea that, you know, Amazon, obviously, we all think of as a, an exemplary company that does nothing wrong. Good, good company run by good people. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I'm glad that Amazon customers can send Jeff Bezos to space. I think that's really important. Um, I think it's super cool. But this one specific report that came up with the information basically looked at the amount of money that Amazon takes from, uh, users to advertise and that's advertising both products and, and within the site and the amount of return that those people get and for an extended period of time in fact a very long time amazon has been making more money from people advertising to put their product high on the site than it has been returning to those those users and those sellers in revenue as as a system as an entire thing so it is an entire marketplace that only exists to take money from people trying to sell things that they can only sell through that marketplace because Amazon has a monopoly on it. I was going to say, that sounds like you're describing a monopoly there, friend. does. And yeah, I don't have a huge amount more to say than that, but it was one of those things that I saw and I was like, wow, that is absolutely wild. But I'm glad that it paid for Jeff Bezos' water bottle on his flight to not not space. 
to be a not astronaut in not space. That's right. Yeah. Well, actually, that is a really good segue into where we're going for the whole episode this week. So let's hit that sting and go talk about. Um, I don't really have a. I don't have a succinct term for what we're even talking about. But it's like, um, what if internet platforms were something you lived inside of and couldn't escape, and they were shitty and expensive? I guess. Like, how, uh, would this differ, how would this differ from real life? Uh, you couldn't escape at all. Can Can you escape? I'm not sure. Really. Let's go to the next segment and figure it out. Okay, so before we start properly, I want to define something that I think is confusing and a little daunting for people to wrap their heads around. But Luke, what do you know about the metaverse as a concept? I know, I know that the metaverse is not a phrase that should exist. Sure. Yep. Okay. Like it is the universe. That's one universe. Multiverse. That's many universe. The metaverse is something that is above the universe. So the multiverse is what you're saying. It is a multiverse. The concept of the multiverse is a metaverse. I don't understand why it exists. However, the fact that people have started using it, I think, is related to the idea that, that like Zuckerberg promoted the other week and said, actually, actually, Facebook is going to be a metaverse. And I think that is kind of, I mean, it's nonsense. I'm sorry. Uh, what Zuckerberg seems to think the metaverse is, is just a series of products that interact with each other. Yes and no. Okay, but yes. Uh, so, like, I don't think that's what the metaverse is. I just that's the Zuckerberg definition. So, so we are talking about this be- mainly because of Mark Zuckerberg because he sort of announced in a Verge interview that Facebook is becoming a metaverse company, which is gibberish and doesn't mean anything. But yeah. let's pretend it does. Uh, the metaverse as a concept in the internet and technology is based on a Neil Stevenson novel called Snow Crash. In that novel, it is depicted as a bad thing. It is like, (laughs) imagine cyberspace, but you lived inside of it, and it was controlled by corporate monopolies. Uh, This would be the the transitionary thing I was talking about in our last segment. So imagine all of your frustrations with Amazon, but imagine uh, you lived inside of that uh, as an avatar or something. Like a Ready Player One world, basically. And a lot of people in the crypto and blockchain worlds, they like the idea of the metaverse because they think that it can be brought about via blockchain or Ethereum or NFTs, the sort of idea of like buying digital assets. And the sort of like Zuckerbergian fever dream is largely centered around the writings of Matthew Ball, who is a venture capitalist who wrote an explainer about the metaverse that I I tried to read it, but it's so fucking long and boring. <laughs> but basically, I mean, look, man, if your blog post has chapters, like, please just don't make it important for me to read. But his whole deal is... That's what Substack is for. Send them in different emails. Exactly. Build your subscription base. It's crazy. Garbage Day is a novel, and every <laughs> issue is a chapter. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so... Matthew Ball's idea is sort of like Fortnite, but you extrapolate Fortnite out even further into kind of a a world where you interact with digital goods. And I've written about this before, but I actually think my buddy Brian Feldman, who's been on the Content Minds very early on, uh, he, he was actually one of the first people to kind of get this idea. And he wrote 
years and years ago in 2018, which is actually, I guess, what, three years ago, but it feels like a million years ago, yeah. uh, he wrote in a New York mag piece that Fortnite was the Instagram of video games. And he sort of like outlined this idea that people were getting social clout from their Fortnite skins, which is kind of a crazy idea. That's sort of a new idea. Because I, I feel like when we were teenagers, if you spent money to look good in a video game, I would make fun of you. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, uh, I think it was Halo Three, which is probably the game I've been like best at online because it was the, when I had the most time. Uh, there was, you know, you you had basically to get everything, you had to win it. So like, it, it it kind of weirdly helped that you could see someone be like, oh, they're probably good because they've had to win this thing. Uh, and I, I like, I deliberately always used to wear like stand box standard armor. Because I thought he gave me an advantage. People looked at me and thought, "Like this is a new guy." And I was oh, like, hey. interesting! I didn't. I've never. I, didn't, I wouldn't have thought about that. My first experience with buying digital assets is actually very embarrassing, and I don't think I've ever shared this story. Okay. Let's um, do it. Uh, so, okay, I got very into. Do you know what a gotcha game is? Uh, I don't know what a gotcha game is. Okay, so a gotcha game comes from the Japanese word gashapon which uh, is like a vending machine for toys, little, little capsule toys. Oh, like, like the ones like the ones that are like little egg things. Yeah, like like a homies figurine, you know? No, but I know that I, we had a different name for them, sure. Okay, so a gotcha game is usually a free-to-play game, typically on your phone, that is built around a lottery mechanic to get like different characters. And so I got very into a gotcha game a couple years ago called Puzzle and Dragons. And it was pretty cool. It was like you did Tetris as an RPG to fight monsters and you could win like special characters. And they started doing partnerships with like DC Comics. So you could get like Batman and you could get like the Evangelion cast and you could get like cool characters. And then one day they announced that they were going to do Hatsune Miku. And I was like, ooh, that'd be really fun to get Hatsune Miku. So I... I I sat in the toilet of uh, my office and I spent like almost $30 for the lottery feature to try to get Hatsune Miku. And I like, I'm not even that big of a Hatsune Miku fan, but my friend Ellie, who has also been on this show before, she got Hatsune Miku in this game and she was lording it over me. And I was like, I want Hatsune Miku. And so I spent like, before I thought, before I had even thought about it, I had spent $30 in this game. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I can't ever go near these games again. And that's why like, I'm very afraid of the game Genshin Impact ever coming to Nintendo Switch, because it is basically Breath of the Wild reimagined as a gacha game. Right. Yeah, that'll be bad for you. Yeah. So the metaverse is essentially what if the internet was a gacha game run by corporate monopolies and you could fly around it in a digital avatar and, and interact with it like it was a physical space. I mean, so... That makes sense. I think that obviously we're kind of already there, but it's worse. Like if, if, if this whole thing was happening and, you know, all of the, you know, the, the, the racism and the exploitation and the abuse and the, uh, uh, addiction was happening, but there was a cool digital avatar attached, I might be okay with it. Right. Exactly. But instead, instead I just have to physically like exist knowing that people are constantly staring at the screen talking about an alpaca. And it's it's not good. It's not good, right? So imagine if you could uh, pay for a digital avatar to put on to go watch the live death of this alpaca. Yeah, that would be worth it. That would be cool, right? Yeah. So 
the what what I think is really interesting about the metaverse discussion is that like it's mainly from venture capitalists who are like I'm going to build a corporate monopoly that you can't escape from ever and we're going to make it fun for you and you're not even going to realize that like you live in like a nightmare world of walled off content. And the cryptocurrency people are like, ooh, can we put it on the blockchain so it's permanent and 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 can never be altered? And this has been confusing, I think, for people also to understand that, like, there are other ways to think about this. There are other ways to think about, like, an immersive virtual experience that isn't run by, like, a proprietary platform like Facebook. And I've been trying to find an example of how this could work in a grassroots way, and I think I found it. Well, can, can I can I give my suggestion? Because like I feel like this is the attempt at this that didn't work. Go for it. Yeah. What's your suggestion? Second Life. So Second Life, yes and no. Like Second Life, I, I mean, Second Life and Fortnite are basically similar ideas. Eve Online. Do you know much about Eve Online? Yes. So for our listeners who don't, it's basically like uh, a space video game, but it has such a complex uh, in-game economy that it has led to like epic trade wars that books are written about and like there's like, there's like there's so much history in that game but it's it's just a game right still but i think that is kind yeah, of and there was what there was there was there was one incredible moment which is the one that everyone always talks about which was that basically someone loaded up uh became incredibly powerful bought everything up and then just sent their ship off into the distance yes Yes. <laughs> like they didn't destroy anything. They didn't like blow anything up and like redistribute anything. They just went like, right, I'm just going to keep going and I'm gone now. There's like, there's whole history books written about different eras of EVE Online. They're like, there's like monuments in the game to certain wars. It's, it's like really, really sophisticated stuff, but I think it is also probably kind of where a lot of this stuff is headed. I think Fortnite is also similar where it's like, you can download your Avengers avatar to watch you know, the new Doctor Strange movie inside of Instagram. Like, that's kind of, I think, what people are imagining the metaverse would be like. And I've been, like, really struggling to find an alternative. Because I, th- so I think one, the, the meta, <laughs> I think, the, I think the metaverse is inevitable in a way, but I don't think it has to be the way that Mark Zuckerberg thinks about it. Um, and so I've been, I've been struggling because I was like, there, there must be, some version of this out there that we can like point to to be like no we could do it differently and i think i found it so luke what do you know about the penis smp fandom <sighs> a lot less than i'm about to i'm assuming that's right so first what do you know about the minecraft youtuber dream <sighs> Just keep going, man. <laughs> okay. So Dream is a Minecraft YouTuber. He's probably one of the biggest, fastest growing YouTubers in the world. Uh, no one knows what he looks like. So he's kind of like corpse husband in the way that like no one actually knows who he is. And he runs a server inside of Minecraft called the uh, the Dream SMP. And an SMP is like a survival multiplayer server. So you could like basically you go in and it's a sandbox and you can like fight and build stuff in, inside of Minecraft. Okay. Yeah. So dream smp fans are enthusiastic i would say they're enthusiastic they're uh they're basically children they're very very excitable one of them recently stole grave dirt to put a curse on somebody on twitter it's like that kind of vibe you know right 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 right. yeah okay so uh, in may a tumblr user named slash kid 
made fun of Dream fans by writing a post. And the post reads, Minecraft YouTuber fans will see an unrelated post and be like, oh my goodness, this reminds me of how shitty Fart Baby 69 and Penis Unavailable were during... (laughs) <laughs> this reminds me of how shitty Fart Baby 69 and Penis Unavailable were during the Minecraft electric chair execution scene. Okay? Yeah. And that was just like a text post. And it went super viral. And what happened afterwards is really fascinating. Um, Minecraft YouTuber fans created those characters. And those characters are YouTubers. Right. Okay. Okay. And with that, that is... Oh, God, that is annoyingly complicated. Right. So, so they created fan art. They created, like depictions of what these youtubers would look like um and if you're interested in like reading a deep dive into this i published a piece on polygon.com this week about this so these minecraft youtuber fans created this fake version of minecraft youtube so it's not like they're making characters they're making fake youtubers that they then act out inside of minecraft and i interviewed like the members of a really big penis smp discord server which exists to role play as these fake Minecraft YouTubers. With me? So, yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't really answer the question of why, but keep going. I'm sure it'll come up. I, I think in terms of the why, it's like anything on the internet, which is that like they're bored college students and they're having fun and they like met each other on Tumblr. They moved over to Discord. They set up this server on Minecraft. And now they're doing, they're doing like lightly scripted streams about the penis SMP pretending to be these YouTubers that don't exist yeah, and then like sharing them with each other and sort of like it would be as if wait 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 hold on hold on so just to be clear they're, they're not parody YouTubers they're just fake YouTubers well they're parody in the sense that like they're kind of making fun of Dream but they're not because these kids like are Dream fans okay so there's not there's but there's not like a parody PewDiePie in there no Okay. But I, I would I would actually say the closest analog to this is backyard wrestling. That's okay, okay. No, that makes more sense to me. So it is it's not it is basically like wait, by backyard wrestling, is there like a genuine like brand called backyard wrestling in the US or are you talking about like just people dicking around in their backyard? I, I mean I mean like the uh, the concept of backyard wrestling. So okay. it's like so so Dream is a YouTuber who inside the game of Minecraft plays a character named Dream. And there is a lightly scripted plot inside of Minecraft, but that plot also has a meta contextual element of the YouTuber. So like, okay, see, 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 to me, it sounds like when five-year-olds are playing football at the park and then they score and one of them shouts Messi. Sort of. But it's like, imagine if you created your own wrestler and then you created fake beef with another original wrestler and you built like a fake league. Okay, so it's like it's like Lorraine Kelly playing Lorraine Kelly on Lorraine Kelly. Who's Lorraine Kelly? Lorraine Kelly's a, a very famous British TV host, but she got basically done for tax reasons, and then ex- <laughs> did got did not get done for tax reasons after she explained that she Lorraine Kelly was playing the character Lorraine Kelly on TV. Yes, that would be right. Yes, right. Okay. It, it would be as if you and I. It would, yeah, it would be as if you and I created a fake version of Kevin Feige and then ran a fantasy version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> called, like, the Blarvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and our, like, Devin Kagey character 
we acted out like all of the Blarvel meetings that like led to <laughs> like our favorite movies, which were called like the Slavengers or something. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm actually genuinely into that idea. I think we should and start we should the Blarvel set. <laughs> the Blarvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe would be very funny. Um, yeah. So, okay. Now that you've wrapped your head around that, I want to go back to the concept of the metaverse. Because I think, yes, there is the version of the metaverse, which is basically a glorified digital mall that you fly around in your Fortnite man. But there's another interesting version of this, which is similar to a penis SMP. Or what do you know about the Guy Fieri ARG? Let's just say nothing. Because nothing. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad you I'm glad you didn't do any research for this. <laughs> um so I am in another Discord ARG and if you don't know what an ARG is, it stands for Alternate Reality Game and the Garbage Day readership makes fun of me constantly because I see ARGs everywhere. I think everything on the internet is an alternate reality game. Um and I do believe that. Anyways, so there's a there's a Guy Fieri Tumblr ARG. And it is – I'm going to send you a link to uh, to what some of the fan art looks like. But it depicts Guy Fieri in a romantic relationship with the Dr. Phil version of the green M&M. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm struggling with – what? Yeah. Also, like I have unfairly decent authority that it may have been secretly run by like a bunch of weird Tumblr staffers, but I can't nail that down. I'm not sure. Um, but it was called Phil. It was called Phil Larry. So it was it was Guy Fieri and the Eminem with Doctor Phil's face. And there was sorry. You need to go back on why is there an Eminem with Doctor Phil's face? I think that was the thing that threw me off most. Oh, that was that's an old meme. That's just like a very old meme. Okay. Um, yeah, anyways. Uh also it appears that the plot of the Dr. Phil Eminem Guy Fieri fandom thing is based on the musical Hades Town. So there's like there's that element to it as well cuz I think Hades Town cool. is similar to Flavor Town, so there's like that connection. Um I was let into the Fileri uh Discord and I Cannot make heads or tails of what anyone is talking about in there. It's very I can't confusing. make heads or tails of what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, the reason I bring both of these up is: Have you seen the Selena Fifty Two Truck Stop ARG? I have not. You definitely have. So the Selena Truck Stop account is responsible for that photo that looked like oh uh, oh 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 what's oh, her yes. face. Yeah, so the Selena Truck Stop account was responsible for the Amy Schumer picture that was edited to look like she was in a truck stop wearing a shirt that said truckin' and fuckin' and she had just won a monster energy drink refrigerator in a fake contest and then was accidentally killed by a... She accidentally killed a pedestrian falling asleep. It's all very complicated. Anyways. Also, there's a sign behind, behind her saying, stop pooping on our parking lot. Yeah, yeah. The longer you look at any of the images that are shared on the Selena 52 truck stop account, like the less they make sense. Going back to our idea from last week about a bad tweet being a deep fake of an idea. Anyways. Yeah. So what's confusing is the Selena 52 truck stop is a real truck stop. Okay. Okay, good. But I think all of the social accounts for it are run by people who are not affiliated with this truck stop, as far as I can tell. 
Okay. Yes, sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's been going on for a very long time. Like, it's been going on for a very, very long time. Okay. So now that we've got all of that, we've got we've got the penis SMP, we've got the Dr. Phil Eminem Guy Fieri fandom, we've got the fake truck stop account. Let's go back to the metaverse, okay? So what if instead of a metaverse concept being started by a company from the top down, what if these alternate reality games, as you, as you could call them, are actually a model for how the metaverse could start organically from the bottom up? Okay. What if you could use the internet to create a completely indecipherable alternate reality and then slowly use different products like Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Minecraft, Twitch to slowly build like your own universe that you then lived inside of. And what if those tools got more and more sophisticated until you were just in a digital version of the Selena 52 truck stop kissing the green M&M that looks like Dr. Phil? I mean, I guess that's the metaverse. I don't know. I think... Yeah, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a fun night out. Doesn't it? So, and, and here's, here's where I want to go p- even further deeper into the, like, the sort of like blockchain elements here. So, how much do you know about Web3? I'm going to say nothing. <laughs> okay. Web3, you, you know, like Web2.0, right? Like, you know that yes. idea? Okay. So Web3 would be the, the next thing after. No one can really agree on what Web3 is, but it seems like the consensus that's forming is that Web3 is uh, basically like everything is decentralized, including payments structures. So like you could just like use crypto or whatever to like make money. Yeah. So, so you could make like a self uh, a self-perpetual community and you could like slap a crypto scheme on top of it and then you would just like, you just go off. You wouldn't have to worry about anything because, like, there's no middleman. There's no there's no Stripe fees. There's no credit card information. It's just, like, we've got 50 people. We've set up a Discord server. We've opened up an Ethereum wallet. And now we're just going to go live off in nowhere world. So what if you took that even further and you created a metaverse model where Mark Zuckerberg couldn't even get into it because it is just – You've done it yourself. There's no there's no version. And I, I feel like if that sort of thing does happen, a really weird ARG like one of these is actually a very good example of what it would look like in practice. It would just be total gibberish, but it would also be a financially self-sustaining community because it wouldn't need any company's involvement. And this could be good, but it could also be bad because you, like weird Tumblr kids could do it just as easily as extremists. That's... True. I mean, I assume that means that the weird Tumblr kids will, when the extremists do it, take it down because that's what the weird weird Tumblr kids do, right? I assume so. But it's like if the internet's getting smaller and smaller, but it's also getting more and more self-sustaining and decentralized and weirder and like micro communities and micro niches, like how does that work? Oh my God. Wait, sorry. I've just, the entire recording has just been derailed. Uh, Someone just retweeted onto my feed Alpaca Nukem 3D. The choice is yours to let Geronimo live or die. Yes. And it's Duke Nukem, and you go and you shoot the alpaca. Okay. Yes. Wow. God. Unbelievable. What if, what if, like, what if Geronimo the alpaca 
you were to create an entire digital ecosystem around it. And so I, I guess the last, the last sort of big thing before I want to hear your thoughts on all of this to consider here is what if you took all of this, all right? You took, you took the, uh, the, the in-game ecosystem like Fortnite or Minecraft. You took the community features of like Discord. You took payment stuff off of blockchain or, or what, whatever kind of way you could do that. You, you started building out this fandom. You, and then you found a way to connect that to something like Pokemon Go. I, sure, I don't. I don't really. I, I don't know so, what you're asking. <laughs> some 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 something mobile. So like a really good example of this. All would be of like the, the things you've just mentioned are mobile. Discord is mobile. But imagine if it was like tied to physical spaces. So like the Josh fight, where like all those random Joshes on Facebook got together yeah. in a field. But they or already happened. Adrian's kickback, where like all those TikTok kids like came together for a party and it turned into a riot. Both, the, both those happened without the metaverse. Right. So imagine though, if you took all of the like grassroots metaversal stuff, I guess metaversal, I, I don't know, all of that stuff, all of that like, like decentralized, self-sustaining community building stuff. And you found a way to bridge like the online and the offline. So like, like imagine you would just like this is what well, this is this is where the metaverse stuff kind of loses me because you, you talk about a bridge between online and offline, and the reality is that bridge already exists because it's people. Say more. Say more. Well, people use the things that are online and then are offline and then go to the offline places. That's the bridge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like how uh... like like this is. This is where it gets to. It gets to the point of like, we're talking about like a metaverse, but the metaverse exists. The metaverse is the thing that we are in. But like, imagine like. Okay, 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 okay. Imagine this. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine this. You are like talking to someone that you used to live with over the internet while simultaneously reading tweets that are coming in from different people in a different avatar. Yes, I understand. Right. <laughs> but I, to, okay, to make my point a little better. Imagine you are in Florida, okay? Imagine you're in Florida, and you're walking down the street, and you stumble across a bunch of weird kids doing a weird pose on a random sidewalk. That's planking. We've had that. And then you discover that a man named Lucky Luciano had to do it to him in that spot many years ago, right? Sure. Now, imagine this on a grander scale where you have, like, Internet communities that you've never heard of and do not understand, and yet they have unbelievable scale and financial resources. And their, like, lore or their, like, their weird in-jokes become so complicated that, like, like culture breaks down even further than it has now. That's what I'm describing. What you're saying is all of the existing trends continue in the way that they are already existing because that is what's already happening. Right. But I'm imagining, like, what if they, like, what if, like, the final pieces connect? What if now but more? What if now, but more, Luke? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be weird. <laughs> it would be weird, right? <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg's talking about because this does not apply. <laughs> okay, so I wanna, I wanna say that I'm not insane. I wanna prove that I'm not totally crazy, okay? So, William Gibson, you're familiar with William Gibson? Yes. Okay. Cross, finally I'm familiar with something. It's like, <laughs> Okay, so water in the desert. I'm gonna par- okay. I'm gonna paraphrase a William Gibson quote because I can't find the exact one. <laughs> um, but basically, he in this great interview that I know I've linked to somewhere or something. I know this is real. I think. I I hope this isn't just like a figment of my imagination. But he describes yeah. like a future 
where subcultures start to collapse in on themselves. They become so micro and so niche and happen so fast and with such scale that like things are complete gibberish. And he, he sort of based this observation off of a weird feeling. I want to say it was a weird feeling he had watching 9-11 through a watch forum. I think I've written about this before, where William Gibson describes how he learned about 9-11 via a message board for people who collect watches, okay? And he was, like, given this glimpse of a future where, like, all things happen inside of, like, really closed, weird, niche, subcultural bubbles that happen so fast and spread so quickly that, like, you have no idea what's really going on anymore outside of your own increasingly small bubble. And I think there is both a corporate and a grassroots version of this same idea and happening at both ends right now. Like Mark Zuckerberg wants to do it to you so he can like pump you full of micro payments and the weird Tumblr kids are doing it just because they think it's funny. But it does feel to me like technology is slowly and but quicker and quicker ending up in this direction. That that's that's my thesis. There's a one shot Twitter account uh called Eliza Minnelli Outlives. Uh, yes, and it just lists people who she's outlived. Uh, and someone tweeted the other day that they found out that's who how Andrew Cuomo resigned. Yes, I just, found out yeah. about Prince Philip dying through a Tumblr meme about the possibly con- canon homosexual relationship on Supernatural. Cool. Yeah. Right. So like that is that is the future we live in now. And like William Gibson had this revelation like twenty years ago. But now we all live in a world where, like, you're going to learn about Andrew Cuomo resigning through, like, the Hydraulic Press YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. I, I just want to – I want to find out about – I want to find out about when the queen dies because someone mentions it during a mukbang video. Exactly. And the metaversal aspects of this are what if what if that bubble closed entirely and, like, you existed in an online, offline, like – fluid state just like inside your own digital tribe yeah i mean what i will say is i think that what we're essentially recreating is an offline a previously offline experience like okay do you remember that era where there the entire like people's entire personalities was quoting anchorman yes right that was the start of this era but before that there was a period when, like, you would have, like, groups of friends who would have a series of, like, incredibly, like, intricate and arcane in-jokes that no one would ever understand or find funny, but whatever it was that worked for them. And the same with, like, people have the same thing now between two people, between three people, between four people. Like, it does still exist. And what we've essentially done is we briefly made culture into a monolith, and therefore, everyone's personality became quoting Anchorman. And now what we've arrived at is a very different set of the internet where it's entirely fragmented again. Like, that's where we're going. But all we're really doing is rebuilding the pre-monolithic culture online that we had offline. Interesting. Have you heard of, have you, are you familiar with Werner Herzog's work? Yes, obviously. Okay. There's a really good Werner Herzog documentary about Antarctica. Uh, I, I watched it incredibly stoned in a movie theater as a teenager, and it was very impactful on me. Uh, and there's like a scene where they talk about an Antarctic research team that gets put down there for a while, and then a storm cuts them off from everyone for way too long. Yeah. And the research team at first has like a bunch of movies, 
and they're just like they have movie nights, and then they run out of movies, and they've yeah. watched them so many times that they physically can't watch these movies anymore. So then they start using like a rudimentary like video editing software to edit the movies into new movies. Okay, yeah. and then they start making inside jokes about their new movies that they've cobbled together from the pieces of other movies. And then by the time that they're rescued, like months after they should have been, they cannot speak normally to other people anymore because they've created an entire microculture with each other. And that to me is the future. That to me is the actual metaverse. That is, that to me is the actual future like, of the internet. But that, but my point is, is that is pre-digital. Like, right. There, there is a version of this where I think that we always think that we are going constantly in one direction. And instead, it's entirely possible we've gone, we've been going through a very fucked up transition phase mm, I from see. like probably 19 probably 1975 or so like and suddenly like oh my god there's so much information everywhere and it builds up to this point and then suddenly everyone's online and you know it'll probably take 30 years for it to pan out still and then suddenly everyone's online and that's just the way we live now i see yes but and now we're going the back structures we've, yeah. we've rebuilt like i'm a peasant and i've never heard of like the Pacific Ocean, yeah. you know, like I, I'm, a, I'm a feudal French peasant, and I, I only know of the one ocean with the dragons in it next to me, but I know right. nothing of the outside world. We've just hey, rebuilt hey, that again. It's like the TikTok kids who think that Helen Keller and Anne Frank were the same person, and that Helen Keller was never deaf or blind and must have been faking it, and was also Anne Frank. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, another weird example are the kids on TikTok who. They started with reality shifting where they would like lucid dream their way to Hogwarts, but now it's progressed. I saw a recent post, which is called physical shifting, which is where they like go outside, but they've gone outside into a different branch reality. And then they document it on TikTok to share with people. Yeah, exactly. But they're just, they're just describing going outside. Yeah. I mean, there was a red, there was a, there was a Reddit that used to do the subreddit that used to do that really effectively. Which was the the entire thing was a, a, a basically a meta game about dealing with the concept of being a human as a game. Oh right, yeah. But imagine if that was real and it was either created culturally through osmosis and just became popular, or if a billionaire decided that that was what was best for everybody on the internet. That those are our two options right now. It seems like into it. Into okay, it. cool. I'm glad we agree. Cool. Yeah, it sounds it sounds great. Let's put it on the blockchain. <laughs> Hey, Luke, have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? Uh, yeah, I went to a brand new sport. A brand new sport? A brand new sport. Uh, yeah, I went to the 100, which is a new, it's, it's a new form of cricket. Like hype, is it like hyper cricket? Is it cricket yes. two? Yes, yes, okay. essentially. How do you so, play it? So, so you play like normal cricket, but you know how normal cricket takes like five days and then it's sometimes a draw? Yes. This team, this version, everyone gets like a hundred balls. So basically everyone is just constantly slogging it and attempting to score sixes, uh, which means it's great fun and it, it, it's very hard to have any kind of connection to it because it's only, it's existed for the first time like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and you go and you watch like brand new teams. Like the team I was supporting was the Oval Invincibles. That's a fun name. 
Yeah, it's cool. All right, I'll support them. They're they're the, they're the team from London, so I guess I support them. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was good because you know you went there. It's cricket, which means you can you can drink in the stands, unlike football, right. where you, where you're not allowed to for for hooliganism reasons. Right, yeah. you guys can't be trusted with drinking and watching football at the same time. But we are allowed to drink and watch the hundreds. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah it was delayed for like four hours for rain, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but it was good fun because all the fans of these two teams that hadn't existed like three weeks ago uh we're getting angry with each other which suggests that you know something's never changed so that was good fun oh it's nice that they've they've created violent fans quickly for cricket that's for yeah, cricket nice. yeah. yeah for cricket yeah that's nice yeah. how about you and what content have you consumed to stay soon i saw the suicide squad oh i have not seen this yet yeah because you guys have to see it in a movie theater right you can't watch it like, no on the i internet. think I, I th- yeah i wrote about I this don't, uh you I don't, don't have yeah. hbo max so you have to go see it in a physical space oh maybe you have to leave the metaverse to see it, whereas I, I mean, can see I, it inside my walled garden. I, the last movie I went to see, there were three people in the cinema with me, so I was like, it felt pretty good. Yeah, that is nice. How was it? It was really good. It was also extremely rough around the edges. Like it's, it is probably the most violent movie I've seen in a very long time. And as someone really? who used to watch like extremely gory, violent movies, there were scenes where I was like, ooh. I don't even know if maybe I'm just old. is this what old people feel like? Is this just like being too old to watch King Shark tear a person in half? Because he does. Okay. That's good. I like that. I want to watch this now. There's also penis in the movie. That's good. Yeah, there's there's that going on. It's it is good. Um I will say I mean this isn't a spoiler because it was in the trailer. Starro is a great is a great villain. Uh, having a giant intergalactic starfish as the villain, you, you just, it, it is actually a really good reminder that DC has the best villains. DC definitely has the most fun villains. Marvel really, it's got some good X-Men villains, but, but outside the X-Men, there really aren't a lot of good villains going on in the Marvel universe. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. That sounds good. I want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should watch that content. Go to a movie theater and do that. Um, we have one, we have one more movie left in our, yeah. in our series on the matrix. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to this. I am super curious. Uh, I am extremely curious. And after that, we're going right into Spider-Man, which is going to be wild. There's still not a trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home It's only out in December, and there's like like three movies before that. What do you mean? There are three Marvel movies before Spider-Man. Oh, that's so much. I'm like, it's so much. There's, there's Eternals, there's Shang-Chi, and I think there's something else. That's so crazy. Else? That's I don't know when stuff is anymore, and I don't know I don't know anything like that. But anyways, if you want to listen to us talk about The Matrix, that will be on our Patreon next week. Um, Patreon.com slash The Content Minds. And uh, yeah, we will, we will see you next week. See ya. Bye. <laughs>